morning. It is The Drive, ESPN Radio 93.5. The Drive would say in Piper Lante is my name, Kyle Tosk. Opposite me, running the board. I'm supposed to be running the board. I will run the board next hour because tomorrow there is no Kyle Tosk and there is no Derek Piper. And that's when things could go terribly wrong with this new system. But I'm one for one. So tune into The Drive tomorrow to find out what happens. (laughs) If you start here in ESPN tomorrow, you know that I've screwed up royally. Uh, yeah, listen, I'm one for one. I'm a guy off the bench. I you called on me earlier about a, in this like last month, and I delivered with a pinch hit single. And tomorrow, I plan on hitting another single at least. I'm not much of a home uh, runner. No, no extra base hits. Not striving for a double no. or anything. In fact, I would almost have to hit one in the gap to get a single to run 90 <laughs> feet. I'm left-handed hitter, so if I, I was po- always pull heavy, so if I pulled a single to right field, if it was directly at the right field, I'm getting gunned by 20 feet. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, base. Just picture Yachty running to first. That's that oh, would be Lon running to first. So it might not be pretty, but uh, if I can gap one, then you know, well, I, I told you the story when I played fast pitch. You know, I was like 37 years old for some reason, still playing, and I hit a gapper in Mount Zion, and I decided to go ahead and try for second. I made it ahead of the throw and slid in safe, except that my kneecap went from where it's supposed to be on your right leg down to the side. So it was pointing out the side, essentially, not pointing out. It was still under my skin. But I, I like, literally reached down, and I had no kneecap. And then I, I touched it, and it went, it popped right back in. And I was like, oh. Oh, boy. So... The ump- just the the thought of that. <laughs> the umpire is like giving me pain. Are you all right, Lon? And I'm like, I think so. And I told him what happened, and he's like, Oh, you better get out of this game. And I got up, and it was pretty sore. So I we had one guy on the bench, you know, who was going to be our pitcher probably. And I said, Hey, you're going to have to go in and play. So I go over, and I'm looking for a cooler, a beer that I could grab some ice. And not one of our players that game, including me, had brought beer. So I yelled over to the Mount Zion squad, and I'm like, you guys have any ice? They're like, no. So I had to drive myself (laughs) to the gas station, get ice, and while I was there, I bought beer. And so I came back to the field, and I'm like, hey, and I said a few choice words to everybody on the field. I'm like, I bought beer for after the game. And they're like, yeah. (laughs) So turned out to be a great injury for everybody else playing, but uh, not I. But here's the funny thing, Kyle, it's never bothered me. It, It, like, literally was sore for a day. It's That's never crazy. bothered me again until like a year ago. And now it's like it kills me all the time. So one of these days I'll go get it checked. I've only been complaining about it for a year and a half. It's part of the weight issue. That's what it is. It's I can't go out and exercise because my knee is killing me, Kyle. So there you go. So the moral of the story is don't play fast pitch softball when you're 37. Is that fair? Or don't try to leg out a double when you shouldn't <laughs> yeah. be anywhere near the field Maybe in the first place. Maybe you just stick to singles, just like you said. <laughs> And then bring in the pinch runner. We'll bring in Kyle as the pinch runner out there. All right. Alex, yeah, I'll, I'll get you a triple if well, you got one. I was going to say, you'd, be, uh, you'd probably be an inside-the-park kind of guy. Oh, I used to make it to second base, let's say, after a walk and like a base hit. And I would look at our third base because all the – you know, whoever played third base was just basically the guy who just batted last. And I'd look at him and I'm like, this better be a deep single if you're sending me home. You know, because you're not supposed to look at the ball, right? Unless it's maybe to, to left field. You can kind of eye it down a little. But I'm like, you had better not be sending me home unless you know for a fact that ball is past the outfielder. There's no reason for me 
to run whatever feat that was and get hurt on the in the uh, process of doing it. So, all right, we are guesty again today. We kind of did this on purpose, although a lot of this just came together, and I'm excited for it. Stephen Brooks from Spartan Tailgate. It's a 24-7 site that, like Derek Piper writes for, Stephen is going to join us at 3.30. We're going to talk about Michigan State. How are you feeling about that game, Kyle? Uh, not particularly great. I don't really love this spot going to Michigan State. They're going to be desperate, as we've mentioned before. They lose to Minnesota. They're firmly on the bubble. Now, most bracket projections have them in as like a 9-10 seed right now, but this is they have two quad one opportunities left. One of them's at Purdue. You don't oh, like your chances in that no. one. So getting <laughs> Illinois at home on a Saturday, Jeez. I think, is going to be just the desperation of desperation spots That's for this Michigan goal. State team. So I'm worried about that aspect of it. In terms of like how much does Michigan State scare me this year? Not a ton, but huh? at the same time, you still got a first-team all-conference guy in Tyson Walker who – I think is due to have a big game, and Illinois on the perimeter defensively hasn't been great recently, so I don't know if I love that matchup with both him and Hogard. I think both those guys could give Illinois some trouble. On the other hand... Hogard only had four points against Minnesota. That's right. He had 19 here in Champaign, oh, I yeah. think, though, and he could have had more. Some players just love playing certain teams, and he's one of those against Illinois, it seems like. On the other hand, you do not have to worry about a Michigan State big man going into the post and dominating you because their centers are about as bad as you can find out there at the high major level. Malik Hall's doing some damage. He has played well. Not not a post guy, but he can certainly get in a little bit into the lane and do some damage with that little short jumper. I know he only had six points the other night, so he was – I mean, he just had kind of a dud night, six points, four rebounds against Minnesota, only shot the ball four times. And Hogard had four points, and he only shot the ball six times. But when Walker's taken 18, Aikens has taken 11. Aikens, the freshman, is really good. He's not a freshman. He's a oh, junior. Oh, I, I thought he was – okay, that's my fault. Did he transfer in? No. No, he's just kind of been a, He's been a slow I must be thinking of developer. somebody on, a, on another team. So, yeah, but Aikens is, is really playing some good basketball. Had 16 the other night. So he can shoot it. Mm-hmm. He's a guy you're going to have to stay attached to. Tyson Walker's just been doing so much for he's, that team. He's good. I mean, he is pretty much all they've had offensively for most of the year. So, but Minnesota made him inefficient. Right. He was eight of eighteen from the floor, and that's something Illinois will need to do. And of course, we all remember kind of the signature play from your win against Michigan State earlier was when Coleman Hawkins all of a sudden was switched on to Tyson Walker, and he battled Walker as well as anybody has in the Big Ten. And so I thought that was pretty impressive, and that's one thing you'll always kind of remember about Coleman. I, if, if I'm Illinois and I'm preaching Coleman for Defensive Player of the Year or at least on the all-defensive team, I'm sending that clip in with him guarding Tyson Walker and basically shutting him down. But, yeah, you're right. And then like you said yesterday, Minnesota beats Michigan State 59-56. So – a hungry team coming in with the Spartans. So we will uh, we'll get Stephen Brooks' take on that at 3.30. At 4 o'clock, we do a lot of sponsorship with two men in a truck. My good buddy, Travis Blaney, who is a Villa Grove graduate, uh, is one of the key marketing guys for two men in a truck. And he had gotten a hold of me. Now they have what's called two men in a junk truck. They basically will pick up your junk. You know, everybody's got it. You go out to your garage right now, you can get a pile together of stuff you haven't used forever, 
and it's like the progressive uh, commercial where they're throwing away like the guy has crown molding and he's like well i've been saving this and he's like you never would have needed that you know <laughs> like get rid of it and so uh you know you've got all that junk out there in your garage or your basement and two men in a junk truck will come and get it and dispose of that and what they try to do which is cool they don't just take it to a landfill and dump it they try to find ways to reuse it recycle it etc so it's a really it's a good thing you can consider yourself helping the environment or helping someone else that would need what you don't. So one of the gentlemen that works for two men in a junk truck is Talon Litzy. And if that name rings a bell, it's because his first name is the exact opposite of my name, Talon, Lante. No, it's not that. He played defensive back for the University of Illinois, was a big special teamer, and is a guy that put together a camp for a free camp for youth in the Champaign-Urbana area and had a lot of his Illinois football team out there helping with that and really got a lot of praise throughout uh, this area and also throughout the Big Ten. I know the Big Ten Network did a big special on Taylon. So excited to talk to him at 4.05. Uh, we can ask him about that, but also about ask him about two men in a junk truck and how that works. And then at 4.30, I'm excited about this, new Illinois tight end Cole Rusk, who was a FBS, am I saying that right, All-American FCS. FCS. Illinois is an FBS. I always get it wrong. And FCS, 1AA. Again, I'll go back to my roots. Uh, All American at Murray State. He's from the state of Illinois, and now he's with the Illini. And it's a big pickup. Obviously, you lose Tip Ryman. So it'll be a big pickup for Brett Bielman's squad to, to rail in, uh, reel in Cole Rusk. And he's going to join us at 4 30. So I'm excited to visit with Cole, and uh, and I know he's excited about being part of this Illinois program. Last night, the unthinkable happened. I was going to text you, Kyle, and I'm like, if I text Kyle, it will jinx the hell out of this. <laughs> because, as you said, Michigan will probably lead after the at half, and boom. They did. As tradition, they had a 37-33 lead on Wisconsin, and then somehow played even basketball with the Badgers in the second half, and they win the game 72-68 to upset Wisconsin there at Michigan, the Wolverines' third win in the Big Ten. That's it. Wisconsin drops now, what does that be, a half a game behind you at 8-4. and four. And, of course, Illinois 8-3 and three now all alone in second place in the Big Ten. So a big win for Michigan. I'm sure you saw my tweet. I said, well, I brought the trash can over and just yacked in it after I said it. But I was like, go Michigan. And <laughs> it was like, ah. But uh, that was a big win for Michigan. I'm sure you watched the major- I watched probably 75% of it. I missed the first part of it. But uh, Michigan played well in that game. And yeah. they've got the talent to play well is the funny thing. Well, the, the interesting part about it was that Juwan actually benched Doug McDaniel and Olivier Kamwa, who are Michigan's two best players, when they kind of took control of the game. Wisconsin went back up four about midway through the second half. Yep. Juwan takes McDaniel and Kamwa out. And some of the reserves, I know like Will Cheddar is a guy who comes up yeah, Michigan's bench, game. came in and played really well. And then Michigan went on like a 10-0 run to go back up six and never relinquished the lead after that. So it was really interesting. Juwan kind of sent a message there that he just his two stars, if you want to call them that, are, just weren't given the <laughs> effort he wanted. He's not really a guy that's, that strikes me as somebody who has sent messages like that right. as a head coach. But it 
it kind of galvanized the up. team a little bit, and, and some of those reserves played really well and found a way to beat Wisconsin, which I just couldn't be more surprised. I thought, especially when Wisconsin did make that kind of early second half run, I'm like, wow, this is exactly every Michigan game this year. Yeah. They play great in the first half. And then with the, here we go. Here they go. They're going to get outscored by twenty and lose this game. But they they made some shots. Terrence Williams made a couple shots there late. Yeah. Wisconsin, man, I don't. Man, that's a horrendous loss. It, it's terrible. And and the big thing for Illinois, obviously your sights are on Purdue. But the big thing for Illinois is you still have to go to Wisconsin. Now they only play one time, so they could theoretically win that head to head in case there's any kind of a tiebreaker that comes down to that. But you now have that game lead, essentially, that, especially in the loss column. You've got a game lead on Wisconsin, so you can almost maybe slip up at Wisconsin and still do some damage. But, yeah, I did not expect that from the 11th-ranked team in the country in Wisconsin. And, uh, but it happens all over the country. That stuff happens. They've lost three in a row now, though. I don't. Oh, that's right. I mean, the, the first two were kind of excusable because it was at Nebraska where they're undefeated in conference play this year and then Purdue at home. They were competitive in both those games. Michigan, is there's no excuse mm. in that one. And you do start to question if maybe Wisconsin's coming back down to earth a little bit if they're really a top 15 team in college basketball, which you always look up. And no matter who Wisconsin has, you're like, is this really a top I know. I team? A.J. Storr has come on. He has, but he hasn't played well these last three games. So He's scored, but he hasn't really – yeah, no, I'm with you. I, no, he's taking some bad shots late bad in shots. games. And just, the Nebraska game, he scored the first 10 points. Yeah, he was so good in the first half against Nebraska then kind of disappeared. And then he got taken out Yeah, because you know later in the game because he was throwing up shots that they didn't need. And then Purdue did a pretty good job of – he and kind of Lance Jones battled back and forth in the first half, and then Jones just pulled away for a big effort up in uh, Madison. So, But again, Michigan gets it done. Just did not think that would happen, but – a win over Wisconsin, so Illinois now firmly in second place in the Big Ten. Two games behind Purdue sitting at the top. Is that right, or a game and no, a half? No, one game. Game and a half. Uh, is it one or one and a half? Doesn't matter. They're, I think it's they're, one. They're behind Purdue, maybe a game. And, of course, you get to host Purdue, so that's important. You want to stay within contention of that. Northwestern gets a big win at home. They beat Nebraska. That's a bad win, or not a bad loss for Nebraska. Now we have to talk at it like – it's not just a tough loss. I mean, it's a tough loss, but it's not going to kill them, I don't think, in terms of the seeding and, and getting into the tournament. But certainly Nebraska and, and Northwestern, two teams that are probably in the tournament right now, but could still manage to do a little more work to get there. Northwestern improves to 16-7. and seven. I think they're firmly in. And then Nebraska falls to 16-8, and 6-7 and seven in the Big Ten. The, the one issue with Northwestern and Lante's fantasy team is that Ty Berry came down on a fast break and didn't make the layup, not only that, but tweaked his knee and ended up leaving that game and never returned. And I, was, I did some uh, searching a little bit today and didn't get any news officially on Ty Berry, and maybe something has broken since. Uh, but I know a lot of people that were uh, kind of closer to the program were saying – that it didn't look good, that he was in pretty good pain when the trainers were checking him out. And any time it's a knee, you just never know. So that could be a big loss for Northwestern if they lose Ty Berry for any amount of time. He is a deep threat, obviously one of the top three-point shooters in the Big Ten. He's kind of that senior leader. He does a lot of things for you. 
So that would be a big loss. But Northwestern gets it done. Langborn scores 18, grabs seven rebounds, six assists. He filled in perfectly. I mean, he didn't fill in for Barry. Langborn plays a lot, but kind of took some of the production that Barry would give you. Nick Martinelli's another guy That's who another came guy. in and, and really filled in that role nicely. He's yeah. in-state. He's actually up by where I live, uh, Glenbrook South, I think. He okay. played really well. He did. And then I'm trying to think of the other dude for Northwestern Brooks Barnheiser. Barnheiser, yeah. He didn't transfer No, Langborn. Langborn was the guy, right? That transferred in. But Barnheiser, yeah, is is another one of those performers. All three of those guys, you just kind of throw in a hat, and you're going to get kind of results out of them. But Northwestern, a big win, 80-68. Only one game tonight in the Big Ten. Of course, it just stinks when Illinois is off this long. But uh, tonight, Iowa travels to play Penn State. That's a 6 o'clock start on BTN. And then no games on Friday. So... It's been kind of a slow and quiet week in the Big Ten, especially if you're an Illinois fan. And, of course, the Illini getting ready to face Michigan State, who we're going to learn a lot about here coming up soon from Stephen Brooks. So we will tackle all of that. It's the NBA trade deadline. Did anything materialize today that was of worth any note? I don't think so, really. All right. (laughs) I I know the Bulls did absolutely nothing. (laughs) What do you know? As Conor McGregor would tell you. I want to take the opportunity to thank absolutely no one. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah. Uh, absolutely nobody. <laughs> Nick's got Bogdanovich and also Burks from the Pistons. Is that good? Beverly went to the Bucks. Uh, what, what did uh, the Sixers do? Anything? That's all I care about. That's all I care about. The they Sixers, did do something. I can't remember. Bucks though. acquire Patrick Beverly in a trade with the Sixers. So, oh, so what we did is we gave away guys. We gave we didn't get better. We just gave people away. That's that's wonderful. We got us. We see Cameron Payne. Did he play? He was a bull. That's right. That's why I know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um. All right. They did get Buddy Heal. Oh, that's right. They. I did. forgot about that. Yep. That's a that's a nice move for them. That is a nice move. Well, good. And of course, Embiid's out for like four weeks. We don't know what's going on. Yeah, there. that's true. He always seems to get hurt right before the playoffs. So that's that's going to stink for us, but they're not beating the Celtics anyway. So really, you got that going on. Uh, Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. You got any big plans for that? No, but I will be back home with my yeah mom and dad and brother and watch them. That'll be Super fun. Bowl. Then you can just come back Monday for yep. classes. Yeah, I I don't have class Mondays this semester, oh. so it works out nice. Are you going to come back at all Monday? I will. Yeah. Oh, okay. Isn't it, is President's Day Monday? Is it? I think so. You don't get off classes no. for that, do you? Uh, yeah, I, I found out today was invited to a, uh, a Super Bowl party in Chicago. It's a place, Jack and Ginger's. Have you ever heard of that? On uh, West, It's West Armitage. I haven't. A little bit northwest of the city. They, it's a bunch of buddies that knew my brother really well. And through my brother, I got to know these guys. And they're having a big party. And one of them reached out to me personally today. And he said, hey, we'd love to have you there. Your brother never missed this party and I said are you just wanting Tay money or do you actually want to see us and he goes oh both brother both I mean we want your money and I'm like okay yeah he's like bring plenty of it because you got to pay to get into the bar and then uh, it's kind of cool you pay like 50 bucks it's all you can drink and then you want to participate in the legal squares we don't of course donate any money or give away any money in case any uh Right. Law enforcement is out listening. So, yeah, but I think, I don't know. I'm thinking about doing it. I even thought about jumping on the Amtrak. Just taking the Sunday stroll in the business class. You know, you kind of spread out a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
just kind of chill, read the paper. You know, if you're going to sit in the business class, you almost have to bring like the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> and then you sit there and you act like you're kind of important because you're reading the Wall Street Journal and you're sitting in the business class. But I wouldn't, I'd probably read a sentence from every article and I'd be like, yep, nope, not interested. Nope, not interested. Nope, not. <laughs> so luckily on our phone, we can just look up everything we need to read. Uh, on that, so maybe that's that's what I'll do. But uh, yeah, I'm thinking about doing that. I usually don't be do great. much for Super Bowl. I usually just kind of chill out, watch the game, and relax. But Lucas, of course, he's in Arizona right now, and that that's his birthday that day. Oh, so happy birthday to him! Yeah, he's out in Arizona uh, enjoying life there for a while, and I don't know. I think he's going to end up back there eventually. I think he will. I think he likes it out there. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But uh, any Super Bowl parties for you guys, shoot them in 359 2255, 217 359 2255. All right, go through it again. Stephen Brooks, Spartans tailgate. He's coming up in a matter of minutes. We'll talk to him about the Spartans. Also, Taylon Litzy played football in Illinois. We're going to visit with him at 405. And then Cole Rusk, new Illinois tight end, is going to join us at 430. A lot of guests going forward, but it should be fun. We'll start next. It is The Drive. Are you tired of shivering in the winter? Look no further than your local heroes at ABC Heating and Air Conditioning. Hi, this is Gina inviting you to give us a call at 217-352-5400 to book your appointment to make sure your furnace is running safely and efficiently this winter. We've been proudly locally owned and operated and have been serving our community for over 50 years. ABC, always be comfortable. Call me, 217-352-5400 to book your appointment today or go to abcheatingandac.com. As Tapman's Towing celebrates 50 years of serving Central Illinois, we're always seeking good people to serve our great customers. Our team of expert tow professionals would like to interview others with CDLs, previous tow experience, or a strong interest in serving others. If you enjoy serving people, love working in the outdoors, and looking for a career, not just a job, we should talk soon. Do you have a strong desire but lack the experience? We should still talk. Visit our career page at tapmanstowing.com. Two Men in a Truck has been recognized as a trusted leader in the moving industry for over 35 years. Now we are proud to offer that same reliability to junk removal, introducing two men and a junk truck to the Champaign area. Our goal at Two Men and a Junk Truck is to help you make room for what matters most. We can make your garage, attic, basement, house, or business look bigger with our furniture or appliance removal. Contact us today at twomenjunktruck.com. We're talking to Nate Evans of the Nate Evans Group, and we're talking about the current market. What does this mean, Nate, for sellers? Well, right now, if you're a seller, I think you should be able to move forward with confidence. There's such a low supply of homes out there in the market all across the Champaign, Vermilion County, Douglas County. There's a huge, huge backlog of buyers at the moment that are looking for homes to hit the market. I was just looking at statistics the other day, and in Champaign alone, there was about 130 homes for sale is all. A few years ago, we would have 800 homes on the market. So what that means is with that shortage, it drives the prices up for the sellers. So they can expect a little bit more out of their home with the large demand of buyers out there shopping for him. So call the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. It's Nate Evans with EXP Realty, 217-239-7113, or do an online search to Nate Evans Group to start packing. Sell your home with Nate. Pick the price, pick the day. Go to thenateevansgroup.com. 
Did you just get engaged? Then this is the time for you to start putting together all of your wedding details and intend the Inspire Your Wedding Showcase at the Orpheum Champagne, the historic and unforgettable downtown wedding venue. You'll get to enjoy sweet and savory bites, specialty cocktails, design ideas, tablescapes, and so much more. On Saturday, March 23rd, let us take your dream day to the next level, making it a magical experience for you and yours. For details, visit inspireyour.com. Illini fans, this year we celebrate the 100th anniversary of Memorial Stadium for the 2024 Fighting Illini football season. Season tickets for the 2024 football season are on sale now, and Illini fans who renew their season tickets by February 1st are eligible to win amazing prizes, memorabilia, and experiences. Secure your season tickets for homecoming, Dad's Day, and a special rededication of Memorial Stadium on October 19th against Michigan. Visit FightingIllini.com for more information. Accumulation, preservation, generation. At Busey Bank, these are the principles we use to build meaningful financial partnerships with our clients and their families. With sound advice and vast resources, partner with Busey for a personalized approach to your legacy. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. Are you one of those guys out there tinting windows day in and day out, all different shades of black, and ready to put a little color in your life? Come work for us. At Aftershock, we're looking for a guy with experience in wrapping, whether it be window tinting, vinyl wrapping, anything of that sort, or somebody with just ambition that wants to show up to work and be proud of what they do. You know those wraps with Troy Lands on the back waving at you? That's our work. Call us, 833-DECAL-IT, or email office at aftershockdd.com. We want you. Oh, I'm whistling on the air. I was singing a little soul of a sailor. I was listening to a little Chesney today, a little Key West. Not Key West, but a little beach sound. Kyle, you need to get a little Chesney going in your life. You want to go with Andrew and I down to Nashville later this year for the Kenny and Zach Brown concert? That'd be a good concert, dude. Uh, Come on, Kyle. I may have to pass on that one. Who would one. you go see right now if I said I will oh, buy I you tickets know. to anybody? Taylor Swift? I, no, 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 thank you. <laughs> you see her Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I'll see her Sunday 850 <laughs> times. I'm good. No Taylor Swift. All right. Well, you think about it and get back to me, and then I'll kind of see how much tickets are. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to be too expensive for whatever you want to go see. Uh, U of I, Atlanta Lake Text Line. Lindy said he's going to be hosting a party doing a brisket and wings. Go Niners. Uh, he also said everyone is invited. No, wait. That's not in the text. You're not. But if you know where Lindy lives, he's never going to turn you away. You know that. Big Def said his, uh, his party's going to be him, his wife, and his four-year-old son, so naturally he'll be cooking enough to feed 12 adults. That's kind of how it works. Heath did say President's Day is the following Monday, so they, don't, they didn't want to give me another reason not to show up at work. <laughs> but that's the Monday following Daytona 500, my friend. So you're, you've got more of a chance of Lon not being here after the Daytona 500 than you do the Super Bowl. Um, and then Bill said he learned something new today. Don't wear the new Lululemon. Is that the, I, I think my boys, I must have, I should have bought stock in that because for Christmas, I think they raided that store. 
Uh, he said, don't wear those pants into an MRI. Seem, uh, they seem to have copper. So there's a, there's a little thought for everybody out there. Before you go for an MRI, do not wear Lululemon or you'll be stripped naked, and that's how you do your MRI, I guess. I don't, I don't know. That wouldn't be a good sight. All right, let's bring him on. Steven Brooks, he covers the Spartans for Spartan Tailgate. Steven, how are you, my friend? I'm doing all right, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Are you a bigger Super Bowl or bigger Daytona guy? Super Bowl by a mile. I couldn't tell you a thing about Daytona. Oh, come on, man. You don't go to the races up in Michigan? No, no, not my thing. No. Oh, yeah. It's funny. I'm not, from the sounds of it, you think I'm some NASCAR nut. I'm not. But the Daytona 500 is so fun. They really, they really do it up for that. And it's just one of those races with restrictor plate that anybody can win. So it makes it exciting to the end. Well, this game Saturday, I hope, is exciting to the end, and I hope Illinois has a shot against the Spartans. What, what, what does it mean to lose to Minnesota? What does that mean for Michigan State in terms of this game Saturday? I think a lot. I think it's a great question. Yeah, I had a really, like, I had a growing feeling uh, on Tuesday that just sort of started coming over me all day and felt stronger and stronger about it, that, that how they performed out of Minnesota would probably dictate uh, or at least tell us a lot about how they, these last 10 Big Ten games are going to go. That was mm. number two once they rounded the corner to the back half. And I just thought, you know, Minnesota, we all know, you know, they've had a good year. Yeah. Uh, you, you definitely respect them. You tip your caps. But if you're Michigan State with, with the collective seasoning that they have, I mean, they, they're, they're starting lineup is older than the Pistons. Uh, I don't know if folks know that down there. It, <laughs> that's, it's awesome. not a, that's not a joke. That's a fact. <laughs> so... <laughs> And to me, that's just that's worth its weight in gold in the college game. Yes. Um, the fact, you know, anyway, long story short, you would expect a team that old to understand the situation and to go out there and just sort of handle business in a mature way. Again, that's no slight to Minnesota. Sure. They are having a good year, but I think everybody would take Michigan State's roster. I think everybody would take Michigan State's experience, you know. So I, I just, I thought for, for what's been an up and down, uneven, inconsistent year, uh, I was like, okay, if they're going to put it together and, and finish out strong here and make people think that they can do something in the postseason the way everybody thought the pre- in the preseason, I was like, that's a game. You just got to go handle business, and they, they did. You know, they shot 7 for 17 the line. Ugh. So now I don't know. I thought they'd go out there, handle business, and, and roll that up into a, a, an impressive home win over Illinois. Now I think it's a toss-up. It's funny, too, as Illinois fans, and I know you guys, I think every fan base does this, I think we would have rather Michigan State won that game, right? And you, you, it's almost that weird yeah. fandom that you have of, oh, great, now they're going to come out and play unbelievable. When Michigan State is the top of its game, what is happening on the court? They have several strong uh, wingmen for Tyson Walker. I mean, Tyson Walker is a first-team All-Big Ten guy, and, you know, maybe a, a fringe All-American type guy. He, he's a great player, one of the five best in the league, and, and he's given them – I think last uh, yeah, Wednesday, uh, Tuesday was his 34th straight game in double figures, the most under under Tom Izzo, uh in terms of consecutive uh, double-digit streaks. So he's a known commodity, but he's the only known commodity every single night. And now, you know, I should mention relevant to this game, he, he did leave uh, the Minnesota game for about a three-minute stretch. He's been dinged up sort of on and off all year with little minor things that he's played through, but uh, it, was, it was limited in practice today, you know, with a groin thing that, that again, was recurring sort of got tweaked in the Minnesota game. He finished it out, but they're, they're cautious with him. So might not be 100% Tyson Walker uh, on Saturday. Mm. But when, to your point, when they're at their best, he has a couple guys with him, you know, scoring 12, 14, 15, 16 points. 
and he, he's, he's doing his thing, but there are a couple other guys with him. Um, and there's three other guys that are capable, and it's how many of those other three are, are, are right there as his wingman, whether that's A.J. Hogarth, the point guard, whether that's Jaden Akins, who's a sharpshooter, uh, right. wing, or, or Malik Hall, who's sort of their Swiss Army knife uh, foreman, and he does a lot for them uh, defensively. You know, he can get hot and give you 15 and 8, but he can also disappear. Yep. You know, so yep. can any of those other guys I mentioned. So that's what they are at their best is when almost all four are rolling uh, Really haven't seen a lot of that, though, all in conjunction. Yeah, we saw the Hall kind of hide a little bit against Minnesota with six points, but he has been playing well all season. I think, it, this is my guess, or my thoughts, it feels like Akins has gone the right way this year, whereas Hogard has gone a little bit the wrong way. I loved A.J. Hogard last year, and I was big and high on him coming into the season, but it doesn't appear that he's... He's been kind of like I never thought he'd be the up and down guy like Malik Hall. I thought Hogard would always kind of be right there. Now I think he's usually leading you in assists, so that's kind of an underappreciated stat, obviously. And we sometimes only look at the scoring, but I know Hogard lit up Illinois. Do you see that? Like, am I what I'm saying that about Akins and Hogard? Is that accurate or probably not? Uh, I know. I, I think there's definitely some to it. I think both guys have taken like a half step forward this year. And when you go back to the end of last year and how they were both playing, then you could say this about a lot of guys, and that's why they were number four in the preseason. Because now you look at them and they're like, okay, you know, you know, they maybe got one first team guy, and maybe maybe one of those other guys gets all, like, you know, they just they don't look like this overwhelmingly talented group that they did in the preseason. And I think right. that was because myself included, I think we all assumed, okay, Aiken's going to take a step or two. You know, he did the NBA thing; he wants to be a pro. Uh-huh. Uh, he looked really good over the summer. Hogarth, as you said, had ended on the year on an uptick. So it's like, okay, natural progression. He's going to get better. Aiken's going to get better. All these guys will get better. They none none of them have really played to the point to the level that they were even playing in the NCAA tournament last year. Let alone right. taking a step beyond that. And that's kind of why they're a middling, you know, middle of the pack Big Ten team. So on nights, yes, on nights for sure. Uh, Aikens can get hot and light you up for three, four, five threes. Um, that's you know, and he can, he can be a really good defender when he's dialed in, but his offense sort of dictates his defense. And Hogard had really settled down. You know, he, his turnovers were an issue for most mm. of his career. That hasn't been an issue at all this year. He's taken care of the ball, and for about eight to ten games, he had really been the steady, consistent guy they need. I think for him, I think he almost gets a little bored. You know, in like uh, at a at a you know one. Consistency, I think, is a little boring to him. Yeah, so yeah. He, after he's been smooth and steady for a month, he's like, okay, now it's time for me to take it up a level. And that's <laughs> where you get dicey. And you get some long twos and some rushed shots that Tom Izzo doesn't like. And that's where the conflict comes in. I think he almost gets a little bored uh, with how well he plays for, for stretches sometimes. Great information right now with Stephen Brooks, Spartan Tailgate, joining us on the Tapman's Towing phone line. A few more questions with Steven, Matty Sissoko, obviously a lot of Illini fans remember him breaking Iota Sumu's nose uh, and, and not big fans of him, obviously. But, you know, this is a guy that I feel like, you know, he kind of does what he's like. I feel like you see his ceiling, you know, of what he can do. He can rebound, get you a couple tough buckets underneath, play some solid defense. Is that kind of been, you know, because it seemed like the earmark of Tom Izzo teams for so long was that they had one or two guys underneath that could just – not only beat you up, but have the skill to to tear you up. And Sissoko certainly is not on the latter part of that with the tear you up. But is has that been kind of a miss a little bit at Michigan State? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and if any Illinois fans uh, head over this weekend, they can lock arms with the MFU fans and <laughs> boom, Adi Sissoka, if they want to together, because nobody here has any more patience for them uh, other, than on the, you know, other than in the locker room or on the coaching staff. You know, every, you know it's because it's been four years, the guy just really hasn't gotten much better. No. And now, you know, there's reasons for that. You know, they came to the game late, you know, didn't grow up in America where he was bouncing sure. the ball at four years old. So, you know, his hands are, are, are not very good. He, his instincts just aren't there. So simple, routine basketball plays that guys sort of expect to be made aren't always being made. Now, he is a decent athlete. He's strong. Uh, he plays hard. So he rebounds well sometimes, not as well as he probably should all the time. And he's, he's a good ball screen defender sometimes. But then again, you know, you throw a little wrinkle and uh, he might not adapt and catch it on the fly the way a guy who's been playing, you know, has 10, 15 years of experience has been, might might react to that. So absolutely. I mean, the center position, they're, they're getting almost nothing out of it offensively. And it's about a mixed bag defensively. And that mixed bag lean sort of negative, you know, yep. kind of like, oh, okay, hey, they got, they got a nice, you know, 35 minutes combined defensively out of these guys, but, oh, they grabbed six rebounds between them, you know. <laughs> it's it's just been a spot of weakness for a long time, and that's the – you're going back to last year. Uh, it's, it was the same thing. They didn't address it in the portal, and now when when it's when it's biting them this year, people are at their wit then because it's like, look, if this was a weakness last year, you sat on your hands, didn't improve the roster at the position, and now it's a weakness again. That's where people really get fed up and really start to get frustrated. Steven, how important do you think this game is – for Michigan State when it comes to their NCAA tournament standing? Because it feels like a lot of these experts you look at kind of have some different opinions on where Michigan State sits right now. I know all the metrics are pretty high on them, but you look at their resume and and they're still searching for probably a couple more of those high-caliber wins, and you don't really get a whole lot of opportunities left in the Big Ten this year. So welcoming a team like Illinois at home, do you think ultimately Michigan State's going to be okay when it comes to the tournament regardless of this game, or is this one where if they miss on this opportunity that they could be in jeopardy of missing the tournament for the first time in I don't know how long. It's obviously a, a really impressive streak that Izzo has. Right, right. Yeah, the numbers like them way more than, than I do, and the metrics, the computers, the, the data, all that stuff still. And all the whole season, you know, you start off with James Madison, and, and they've proven to be a really good team i obviously lost to them in game one but that's that hasn't hurt them much because they're also doing well you know indiana state was a sneaky good win for them uh they destroyed baylor and then butler has been a decent win for them but yeah they, you know this and purdue are the last two ranked games on the schedule as the rankings currently stand so it is important i don't think there's pressure yet about not making the tournament but they absolutely want to improve their speed you know i don't if, if you end up in an eight nine situation that's that's going to be trouble because right. I don't like them, obviously, right. against a one. I do like them against certain twos or threes in the NCAA tournament. You know, could they do what they did last year and beat a two and then go scare a three? Yeah, they could uh, with the right matchups. But you just want to see them string together some some competent quality basketball for a few games because it doesn't. This season has been so stop and start. It doesn't feel like they've strung many good things together, even though they have had some wins. Uh, you know, like it's like ten of fourteen now. I want to say that they've won or right. something along those lines. Yeah, they had a, but it, it just, it's never felt like, okay, they're, they're cruising towards something. So I think folks want to feel that. Uh, absolutely a statement win like this would be nice to put at the very top of the resume because I don't think going down to Purdue later in the month is going to be, uh, I don't think that's going to go well. So this kind of is one of the last major, major win opportunities. Um, and I just, I think just for sort of the vibes 
say. You know, yeah. not scientific, <laughs> not, there's no algorithm or formula, but just for the, the feel-good factor, for the fan base, for the players, for everybody, I think it's important. Yeah. Um, and I will say, they, they've bounced back pretty well. When they when they when they come out, they have, I think, channeled their anger or their disappointment pretty well, so that's probably not good news for the Illinois fan right. person, but... They haven't they haven't dropped many in a row. They've only had like two two game skids, I wanna say, two or three maybe but they haven't gone on a three or four game streak and that they do seem to when they hit adversity they do seem to respond pretty well the next time out. So that's why I'm thinking I'm expecting them to see a good performance from yeah. them. Never uh, on Saturday. Will, will that be good enough? I don't know because Illinois is good and they could play just as good. But I do. I don't think MSU will play bad this weekend. I agree. I think it's going to be a battle. There's no doubt. It, it never surprises me to see a Spartans team make a little bit of a run in that NCAA tournament. It just seems like it's almost a given that they do that, which leads me to my next question. And uh, I, I think I've done this now for three straight years with whomever we've chatted with about Michigan State is Tom Izzo. We saw it out of Nick Saban, you know, someone that has been around forever, wanted a high level. Obviously, Tom Izzo won the last Big Ten National Championship. That's still amazing to me. And, you know, he's a guy that, you know, I, I think it's out there that he's kind of fought a little bit, this transfer portal and, and all of that. I don't, I don't, he's an old school coach, right? I, so, obviously, he's the dean of the Big Ten. How, I mean, is, he, is there any signs or any thoughts about how much longer Izzo's going to go? Or do you think he's a guy that's just going to be like, I'm good, man. I got another five in me. I think it's less than five. I think it's more than just this year. He did say something sort of off the cuff the other day about, you know, next year and stuff. So I, I don't think it'll be this year. It's interesting because as much as I do think there's days where he's ready to just throw it all away and right. throw his office key out the window and just drive home and slam the door and never come back. You know, I, I think there's definitely days like that with the state of the game. Um, not just this program, but, but the state of the entire game. But then there's other times where I think that drives him to almost stay longer and to dig in even deeper and to say, okay, you know, how, how can we uh, – First of all, how can my way still work in a modern era? But also, how can I maybe just resist some of these forces of the game, of the sport, that he sees that are wrong, you know, in his opinion, are wrong? So I think, yeah, I think I would say five is too long, but more than just, you know, I think he'll be back next year. But we are in that, in that range where uh, he just turned 69 last month. I mean, after any year, I would say starting next season, it would you know, even I guess you could change have to change the heart this year, but sure. starting next year, I think any year it could happen. And, and he's, he, the one thing he has said is uh, there's going to be no announcement, no two farewell tour. It's just going to happen someday. <laughs> um, and the guy like him that wears his emotion on his sleeve as much as he does, I think we'll see signs. And I'm not seeing those signs yet. He's yeah. still recruiting well. You know, he literally yep. just left practice. He only gave us a couple minutes today because we had to go recruit. So he still has the passion for it. He's still recruiting well. Um, people are upset with, you know, the four years post-pandemic. They're about a 500 Big Ten team, and that's just not what the program standards are. But the people might, uh, people around here, there's a discussion, like, is it Mark D'Antonio the late years? Well, Mark D'Antonio was signing Mac kids to bring to the Big Ten, you know, and, then, right. and that just slowly eroded the football program, and you could sort of see it coming. That's not necessarily happening here, at least in terms of the recruiting and acquisition phase. And if he does ever dip into the portal, I'll just close with that. People will want to come to Michigan State. He's Absolutely. not going to have an issue coming to you know to fill holes. They will want to come here, and they are very well funded to go get guys to come here. So if he can ever swallow that pill, uh, you know he'll he'll have no problem getting players 
and having a chance to be successful as long as he's the coach. We have kept Stephen Brooks way too long, but I have one more quick one, and it's about a coach that did get a win last night, which Illinois fans were excited about. Jawan Howard, obviously his third Big Ten win this year, Michigan over Wisconsin last night at home. They always have a lead at half, right? And somehow they figured out how to keep it. Um, What are you hearing about that? Is this a definite he's gone, you think? So I don't, I don't hear as much obviously over there, right. but I did when they came over to Breslin the other day, uh, whatever a week or so ago. I talked to somebody who definitely is way more, you know, another reporter, another media guy who's definitely way more plugged in over there, and his sense was um, that he'll get one more opportunity to sort of rebuild, you know, reboot, you know, okay. hit the reset button, new staff, new roster, new, new everything, because nobody, you know, at least uh, well, I shouldn't say nobody, but. I guess the sense is that Ward Manuel, the AD, really doesn't want to have to be the one to push the red button on him. Uh-huh. So maybe Juwan just walks away on his own accord, you know, for this, that, or the other reason. But uh, I tend, you know, the, the guy I talk to uh, knows what he's talking about. I have a sense. I definitely trust that he has a sense of, of where things are over there. And that was his best guess, uh, was that one more year with sort of a, a rebooted approach and uh, see where that takes him. Well, that's wonderful. Listen, I know there's some scattering of Michigan State fans around here. I personally know, too. What is your um, Twitter handle, Stephen? I could have looked that up, but I'm old and lazy. Sorry. Sure, sure. No, it's Stephen M. Stephen with a P-H. M as in man uh, underscore Brooks. Got it. Stephen M. underscore Brooks. All right. He covers him. Covers the Spartans for Spartan tailgate. We kept you too long, Stephen. I can't appreciate it. Or I don't, whatever I'm trying to say. I can't thank you enough. Goodness, Lord, let's end this thing. Stephen, thank you, buddy. Enjoy that game Saturday, my friend. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good week. All right, all right buddy. You too. Stephen was incredible. And then I start regurgitating, you know, just like, blah, on the air. My goodness. Hey, this came over thanks to Channel 3. It says eastbound. I-74 is blocked by a crash. Uh, that is re- being reported by the uh, state police. Several lanes of eastbound Interstate 74 currently blocked, and the crash happened between the exits of Neal Street and Prospect Avenue, and a large backup is ha- happening as a result. So if you have a chance to avoid I-74, it says, let's see, the ramps to I-74 from Prospect and I-57 North are shut down at this time. It seems a car flipped over on the inner shoulder, so uh, no word on injuries. But again, uh, eastbound I-74 is blocked by a crash. It happened between Neal Street and Prospect Avenue. So just an FYI, if you're traveling east, to maybe avoid that area and take an alternate route on your way to, what would that be? St. Joe, Oakwood. You could be going to Fithian and having a beer at the bar there or any of the great bars in the other towns that I named. So, or you could just be going home. You know, you don't have to just go have a beer, Kyle. I mean, come on. Uh, good stuff from Steven. And a lot of what he said is what, I guess the one thing that kind of stands out to me is an injured Tyson Walker a little bit. He'll play and... But look, I mean, if you can ding him up, if he's twenty percent, my goodness, that's huge. I he's mean, like been their whole offense for most of the season. Do you remember much about? Oh, I know you do because you're young. About the first game that Illinois won, you even mentioned Hogard erupted for like nineteen. Walker, he could add Walker more. didn't do much, did he? I mean, he did his thing, but he, he was one for seven from three. Mm, that that helps. 
Got to the rim fine. I think he had like 17 points or something. Did Aikens do much against you? No, he didn't. I know Malik Hall had a nice day. He did. He he was pretty good. Um, he he took. I think he took Garrier in the post a couple times. I think he was matched up with Coleman a couple times and got his. He had, let's see here, 14 for Malik Hall, 14.7 rebounds. Walker had 17, but one for seven from got three. It. Got it. Hogart only had 16 on 19 shots, so he uh. actually – he was inefficient. Was inefficient. I know he missed a bunch of bunnies at the rim, but I, he, I still think he kind of beat Illinois to the basket a few uh, times. Other teams miss those shots? Yeah, one that wears orange. Wow. We miss a lot of them, it seems like. Uh, I wanted to get to a 217 on the U of I line of like text line, then we'll catch a break. Had to get a few Illinois basketball things off my chest. Number one, Coleman Hawkins is one of the most underappreciated Illinois players of all time. Dude puts up 16.7 rebounds, six assists, five steals for a top 10 team. People still complain. I am with you 100%. Totally agree with that. I've said this all along that I'm, I'm a big Coleman fan. And, and it's not just I'm not a fan of Coleman. I just I love what he does on the court, and I couldn't agree more with you. Uh, there. Number two, Marcus Damask was expected to be a role player and is playing on an all Big Ten level. People still ride him in situations. I don't ever hear that. I don't either. I, I'm i interested to just kind of to that point. I, I don't really hear that. I am curious on your thoughts on the fact that even with Terrence Shannon back, Marcus Damask has been the guy late in games. I'm wondering if they're slowly passing that baton back to Shannon. Because I, I'll just say I personally don't have a problem with it because I think Marcus Damask has proven he deserves the ball. It. And he's a good passer. He's proven that he's going to make the right decision in Correct. those situations. That, you just said it right there. And I think that he can do a little bit more in those one-on-one, go get you a, yeah. a bucket. He's, you know, he, he's just so crafty when it gets to getting to that booty ball I mean, when and when you whatnot. think of Shannon, Shannon's all about going downhill. Right. Or catching the ball, you know, it's almost like using his speed and athleticism. Whereas Marcus can, yeah, like you said, just kind of get you back down, and then he can do a few things. He can either head fake you three times and go under you. He can kind of fade away like Larry Bird, or he can make a nice pass to either a cutter or someone at the three point line. I would assume that Brad still just trusts Damask right now more mm-hmm. than Shannon. It's a good question, and, and I don't know that at the end if it's finally going to be kind of given back to Shannon as his role. I'm not sure. Or it might just be what the game dictates at that moment. Who's got the better matchup? You know, does he think Marcus Damas can take his guy and get a bucket? So we'll see, but that is interesting. And back to the 217. Uh, lastly, we have a top 10 team and are so critical when last year we lost so much. We're even exceeding expectations and fans are still upset. I, I don't – I mean, definitely I agree with number one. Number two, I don't hear a lot of people complain about Marcus Damask. And number three, I mean, I think it's just – I think you could be ranked number one in the country and people would, you know, have an issue with, oh, well, we don't ever get many charges. You know, I mean, they're, they're, it seems like they're always going to uh, – they're always going to do, you know, have oh, something Oh, why did we not about. beat this team by – why did we exactly. only win this one by five, you know? But that's I, a great text, Yeah. I agree. I agree. It's just you're going to, in a college basketball season, really for any sport, you're going to judge each game yeah. for what it is. And The 217 needs better for I don't think 
a whole lot of people, <laughs> unless it's just the, the most irrational of irrational fans. I don't think many people, when they look big picture, would say they're upset with where this Illinois yes. team currently yes, is. Now, I totally You agree. can nitpick each game for what it is. But I 100% agree. It's a team ranked number 10 and second place in the Big Ten and controls their destiny to win the conference. Yeah. I know it, you know that's yep. a long shot, but that's where they are. So. And a big one coming up on Saturday. What time is that one? One o'clock. One o'clock on CBS. Oh, that music. Once you get into February, that music just hits a little different. It does. And, of course, this is the time of year where I start doing my jokes of, oh, yeah. Oh, is that a timeout? (laughs) And the immediate, I know you're trying to find it, and it looks like it's going to be a timeout called on the baseline, and that means we're going to break because you haven't seen this Cadillac commercial enough. For the seventh million time, enjoy this Cadillac commercial because we don't ever like to keep it at the game and analyze. We're back. You're watching NCAA Basketball on CBS or True TV or TBS or TNT. We're out of here. No, we're not. We got to come back next hour. Talon Litzy going to join us, former Illini player and now current Illinois player, Cole Rusk joining us at 4.30. A lot to do next hour. Come back. It's The Drive. Have you ever wondered why you pay your bank to have a checking account with them? We do, too. At Fisher National Bank, we offer free checking accounts that reward you to bank with us. Our rewards cashback checking offers 2.02% cash back on debit card purchases up to $500 monthly. No service fees or balance requirements needed to earn rewards. For a free checking account that pays you back, simply make 12 debit card purchases, receive electronic statements, and have one direct deposit within a monthly cycle. It's so simple we bet you're doing most of these things already with rewards cashback checking you have access to reward saver which earns 4.07 annual percentage yield on balances up to 20,000. reward yourself with free rewards cashback checking and reward saver a few of the many ways fisher national bank invests in our customers see monthly requirements at any branch or fishernational.com fisher national bank exceptional communities exceptional people member fdic